Well, this morning, I want to continue in our series in 1 Thessalonians. And it's particularly interesting to me this morning because as Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and we already know when he writes to the churches, he's writing to this church, this group of saints gathered together here in the sanctuary and on our live stream. He's talking to us. And he's telling us this morning that God has a message for you. And the message is that God is calling you in to his kingdom. If you're following along in your own uh, Bible, we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 this morning, beginning at verse 9. And Paul writes to us here in the church in Splendora, you remember our labor and toil, brothers and sisters. We worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses and God also how pure, upright and blameless our conduct was toward you believers. As you know, we dealt with each one of you like a father with his children, urging and encouraging you and pleading that you lead a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. We also constantly give thanks to God for this, that when you receive the word of God that you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as what it really is, God's word, which is also at work in you believers. And so, as I said, we continue in Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica this morning. We find Paul reminding the Thessalonians of the way that he and his missionaries conducted themselves when they visited and ministered there in Thessalonica. See, in Paul's day, it would have been customary for a religious teacher, a rabbi, to visit and expect that the synagogue and the community would support his stay, giving whatever the teacher and his visiting group needed in the way of support, that, that being food and shelter, financial support, whatever they needed while they were there ministering. So when Paul and his missionaries, when they visited Thessalonica, they didn't want to burden the church. They didn't want to burden the community. So they supported themselves, working during the day at a trade and then also doing ministry and doing ministry even at night if necessary. But the point was they didn't want to be a burden on the community. And not only that, Paul reminds us, but they conducted themselves with purity. They were held blameless. Some versions of the text say they conducted themselves with holiness and righteousness, which to me indicates that they conducted themselves in such a way as to be excellent examples of living out their faith and it reflected well on themselves in the sight of God and men. 
They were above reproach. And because they conducted themselves in such a way, with purity, free of blame, holy, righteous, because they conducted themselves that way, they were then in a position to encourage and correct and guide the Thessalonians to work on leading their lives in a way that was worthy of God. In a way that was God-honoring. In a way that represented God, that represented their identity as Christians in a positive way to the community. Why do we think that's important? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, I hope you are, it's important for a couple of reasons. The first one, when you identify yourself as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, and then act like a fool, people take notice of the hypocrisy. And they make judgments, not just about you, but about the entire faith community based on that foolishness. And it's easier than you might think to act the fool. How many people have a Facebook account? How many people have pressed post and then instantly regretted it? I love the meme. Everybody knows what a meme is. I love the meme where it's, it's a picture of an angel and he's just sprawled out on the ground. And the caption says, my guardian angel after a day of Keeping me in check on Facebook. I have to think that our guardian angels sometimes get worn out at our foolishness. The second thing, God calls you into his kingdom and glory. He calls you into his kingdom and glory. As a believer, you've been given a gift of grace. And while you didn't have to earn that gift, in fact, there's no way that you could earn it. Just to remind you, it was bought and paid for with a high price, the highest of all prices. God gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, gave him up to death on a cross so that you and I could be called into God's own kingdom, into God's own glory as full heirs to the kingdom and the glory. Heirs to the kingdom. Heirs to the glory. And so Paul says, knock it off and act like you're worthy of the gift, worthy of the kingdom, worthy of the glory, worthy of the blood that was poured out for you on the cross. Two things. When you identify yourself as a, as a Christian and then act contrary to that, people make judgments. Not just about you, but about Christianity in general. And the second thing is you are called into God's kingdom, into his glory. Act in a manner that's worthy of that calling. And then we're reminded here. In our scripture, in our, our epistle today. In your bulletin, you see 1 John 3. Verses 1 through 3. 
This is telling us that you are indeed worthy. As a believer, you have been made worthy. You don't have to take my word for it. You can, you can take John's word for it. I'm not going to read the version that's here, which I think is the common English Bible. Let me read you the, the version that you probably are most familiar with. If you're familiar with this verse, these verses from 1 John at all, the King James Version. Listen to this. Behold. In other words, take a look at this, people. This is good stuff. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. See, there's no doubt in my mind that this poetic language of the King James Version is, is both beautiful, but practical. Why? Because it causes me to slow down and to really look at what God is saying to us in this passage of Scripture. He's reminding us here that in the Father's marvelous love, He considers us children. This is our true identity. This is the reason why the unsaved world, those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, why they don't recognize us or take our faith seriously. The world doesn't know who he is. And they don't know what his plan is for them and for us. But the scripture reminds us, all of us saints, that we are right now, right here and now, this very moment, children of the Most High God. And only He knows exactly when and where we're going to end up. But we can rest assured in the knowledge that when Christ comes again, we will be there wherever we are to share in His glory. We will see him and recognize him. And in so doing, we will be made like him. So as we have our hope in Jesus, we have to be ever ready for that event to take place. We must keep our eyes on Jesus and let his life be our example. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We say that it's not just a catchphrase. It's our blessed hope. We are living as the church for the time of Christ's return. And our mission until that day comes, we're not just to sit here in the sanctuary passively waiting for that day to come. Every once in a while changing the AA battery in the clock so we know what time it is. No, we are to be actively waiting. What do we do while we're waiting? We're out there telling folks about his coming. How do we help the, uns the unsaved world move in the direction of the cross? 
How do we help them live a life worthy of the gift of Jesus? See, we've been called to it. And so we have to be worthy of it. We have to be an example to those around who are in need of Jesus. And finally, Paul says to us here in this passage, don't miss this part of this passage. He says, I'm proud of you for receiving the message of the gospel. Not as just one man's opinion, not just as a human opinion, but as exactly what it truly is, the word of God. God's message to you, the believer, telling you the very thing that Paul said he's been talking about this morning. God is saying to you, he's saying to me, he's saying to anybody who will listen, listen to the message of Jesus who I sent. Because through him, you and I can have fellowship. We can have relationship once again. The way that I always intended, God says. The way I've always wanted to have relationship with you for all eternity in paradise. And so the message this morning is live a life Worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory today. Tell someone that you know who needs Jesus the story of God's grace and love this week. That's his message for us this morning. Live a life worthy and tell someone. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.